everyone, you're now listening to The Midnight Watch, where our motto is, standing on watch for you against bad movies. I'm Philip Pye. And I'm Nicholas Allen. And tonight's film is TMNT, Out of the Shadows. What are you, superheroes? <laughs> Just four brothers who hate bullies <laughs> and love this city. Whoa, whoa, this never works out well for you. What's your name? Casey Jones. Hey. One question. Are you two guys like a thing? I'm looking for Aaron Moore. But we could work with that. Me too. This is gonna be good! In this film, the Turtles are back. Their arch nemesis, Shredder, escapes from prison and seems intent on finding the last remaining pieces of this teleportation device that would bring forth Krang, who looks to bring his techno drone and destroy the Earth. Phil, what did you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows? Um, I thought it was an adequate family action film. I basically got what I wanted, which was the two big set pieces, the airplane one. Well, I guess it's three if you count the beginning little chase sequence but that's shorter so i count like the end with the techno drum and then the airplane scene and uh both of those things deliver i especially like the use of 3d compared to the movie we saw last week x-men apocalypse which really didn't utilize 3d i felt like this film utilized it pretty well i think that's something they carried over from the first movie mm-hmm. the first movie utilized 3d really well as so that was fun. Uh, basically, the new characters what I expected. Big Bop and Rocksteady were fine. Sheamus, for you WWE fans, he was fine. Our man Uncle Ruckus was good as Bebop and Rocksteady. They felt like Bebop and Rocksteady to me. I, I, I liked uh, Tyler Perry as uh, Baxter Stockman. Because he was hamming it up. Yeah, he was. He he has this little cheesy laugh that he does at the end of most of his sentences. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, he he was pretty enjoyable. I guess some people, if they want to nitpick, would be like, well, why is he working with Shredder? He's clearly a bad guy. But I took it as he's one of those, like, nerdy people and so blinded by... This whole interdimensional travel thing that he's like, yeah, I, I just want to do this. And I'm just kind of nerdy and awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I also, I liked uh, Brian T. Uh, Shredder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't get a lot of use out of him, no. but at the same time, I'm not complaining. The marketing campaign didn't focus on Shredder. No. The characters that they did focus on were the ones that got emphasis. Mm-hmm. So the marketing campaign didn't lie to you. And it's clearly sequel baiting for another one if we get another one. Yep. But I did enjoy the film. I thought it was more streamlined than the first film. Whereas the first film, I liked it a lot. But the first film, they did reshoots in order to satisfy the fan base who still weren't satisfied and still wanted to nitpick after the movie came (laughs) out. They were originally supposed to be aliens. They changed it back to the original origin story or something of the like. Mm -hmm. People still didn't care, complained. And so this film is more assured of what it is and just basically let loose. Mm-hmm. And it was the film that you probably should have got around the first time, but at the same time, I complain. It's a sequel. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. 
I thought as far as from a narrative standpoint, it was better than the first movie. It mm-hmm. lacked as many action scenes as the first movie had. And this one, I'll say like the final battle was cool. And I did like the highway chase, even though that was short. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have those standout like wow action sequences like the first one did where they were on the uh, mountainside. Mm-hmm. Megan Fox was fine. Although it's yeah. kind of weird because she kind of feels less useful in this. I mean, she does do some useful stuff, but it's kind of like you would think you would be more useful in this movie than the last movie where you were just this rookie reporter who didn't really know anything. Now you have resources, you have a reputation. No, I think once again, it's one of those things where they're trying to please the fan base. They know the fan base doesn't particularly like the fact that Megan Fox is playing April O'Neil, regardless of our performances. (laughs) It's just the Name Megan Fox. Oh my god, it's the worst thing ever. Just like Michael Bay is a producer and suddenly all the problems of the film are Michael Bay's fault. It's the same thing, so I felt like they tried to lessen the blow by giving her less screen time, which I was fine with, because I felt like in the first movie they interjected her in a lot of scenes where she didn't belong. And they were just kind of cramming her in there. And every major plot... She basically was what I complained about Lois Lane is in Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing being wherever the plot demands her to be and just having to know the right knowledge to save the day. Whereas this movie, The Turtles, takes center stage and that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. With April O'Neil playing a supporting character. Yeah, She was fine. Uh, And honestly, uh, people could complain more about this movie because they played up Mega Fox is so hot a lot more in this movie than they did in the last movie. The last movie was pretty sub. And even this movie, it was one scene. Yeah, I know. It it didn't bother me. I was just kind of like, Okay, this is obviously for the 12-year-old boys. It's fine. (laughs) Man, Uh, if they're going to hate, they're going to hate because (laughs) it's just about, you know me, I'm trying to just distance myself from the rabbit fan base of not only this movie but other movies in particular that I had a lengthy discussion with some people on during the week. uh, And, yeah, I'm just kind of burnt out as far as... (laughs) trying to understand some of these fanboy nitpicks but to me it's a very small part in which yeah megan fox is sexy we get it and they're done with it that's it yeah i just think the only we, we could be past that with her and her career but yeah it didn't bother me come I on kinda, come on now it's i know megan they're fox. never gonna get past the yeah it's, megan fox. <laughs> it's not like megan fox has been in a critically acclaimed True. drama yet. When she gets to that stage, then they'll be past that. True. But we haven't reached that stage, and True. this is what Megan Fox's main appeal is. So, True. of course, they're still going to do that. Now, as far as Casey Jones goes, mm-hmm. he was okay. Yeah. I felt it was kind of an odd performance. Yeah. Where there was times where he had what I call the Henry Cavill syndrome, where there were scenes, there was one scene in particular where he's trying to explain to Laura Linney's character who plays like some kind of, I guess she's a cop, but she's yeah, like she's higher the up. Chief of police, she's, uh, well, yeah, I guess chief of police. And he's trying to explain to her what he witnessed because he was there for the highway chase mm-hmm. as a parole officer. And he's trying to explain to her, even as outlandish as the story is, he's trying to explain to her what happened. Mm -hmm. And when she doesn't believe him, he has, like, this smile on his face. Like, while he's explaining this whole thing, he has a smile on his face, which I guess is to capture 
his wonderment in the situation, but at the same time, it's like, if a real person saw what you saw, I don't think they'd be as, I guess you want to say tame about the situation as you seem to be. You're kind of like, oh, it was awesome kind of thing, where it's like, no, but it was weird. It's especially weird because Stephen Amell is most known for playing another gritty superhero, Arrow, on the show Arrow. So I thought, okay, Casey Jones, similar type of hero, that makes sense. It's not bad, but yeah, it did seem like they wanted to lighten him up because of the kids' audience, and like you said, Sometimes it works, but other times it's just kind of weird. Like, and I think that goes oh, to, <laughs> I'll extend that to some of the other characters in the movie, like Laura Lenny. When they lay eyes on the turtles for the first time, I don't feel like people had genuine reactions that you should uh-huh. when you're seeing a mutant turtle uh-huh. that's 10 feet tall. Uh-huh. I think your response would be different than, put your hands up. Huh? Wait, it's a huge turtle. <laughs> uh, and then they take some time well, to process There it. was that one cop that was like, what the hell is this? Well, even him, it was kind of a dry delivery where uh, I didn't believe him. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those situations where it probably would have benefited from them being able to see something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the actors are in mocap, yeah. but clearly that wasn't enough to have other people give compelling performances. So maybe they should have done something like the movie The Descent, where they hid the creature designs from the actors and had the creatures pop up at the spot they were supposed to in the movie so the actors had genuine reaction. Maybe that's something they should have put off with the turtles and inserted something in the scene that would get a genuine reaction out of them because I don't feel like they reacted the way they should to those situations. That, that's fair. And uh, I like Krang. I thought it was pretty awesomely presented. The special effects have definitely got an up. Mm-hmm. grade even though it's only a 10 million dollar increase in the budget the the turtles look more polished yep. Krang looks fantastic uh bebop and rocksteady look good mm-hmm. and really good especially nighttime scenes the turtles mesh more with the environment the daytime scenes it's still a little obvious that you yeah. know the special effects need a little bit of work but i'm yeah. just fine with it yeah, like, it, it wasn't, as, and since they shrunk them down a little bit, it isn't as jarring seeing them interact with human characters, because they're still towering over them, but it's not as drastic as it was in the first one, where it's just like, right. <laughs> it doesn't even seem like they would fit in the same frame as, like, Megafire. Here, it's like, okay, the framing is a lot better. I, I They feel like they could fit in the same frame as these human characters. And it's not as like, yeah, like I said, jar. And I also thought they handled the theme in which the turtles want to belong among mm-hmm. society. I thought they handled that pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of really compelling scenes. Uh, I won't spoil, but the turtles discover something and it kind of changes the way they think about themselves. And I thought it was really well done. And, yeah, going off that, kind of like the little mini-arc they gave Leonardo where he's shot, still kind of starting with the leader because he's, he's kind of got some loner tendencies they gave him in this movie. He feels or, like funny his- enough, Raph is kind of the one this time around is like, nah, we got to stick together. And Leo's kind of like, yeah, it points like, yeah, I don't know. And Donatello's <laughs> the person in the middle. Yep. Which is good because he he's a good like kind of he's the most likable oh, yeah. <laughs> right he's the most humanized so yeah he's a nice emotional anchor playing mikey is basically just mikey he's there for the jokes yep 
They'll be hit or miss for some people. I thought he was fine. <laughs> He didn't yeah. bug me as much as he did in the first movie. I thought the jokes there were there. Like uh, I never like cracked out loud laughing, but I was like, all right, it made sense. That that's his roles. I, I wish there was a little more sh- shredder, but I understand why there wasn't as much as I maybe wanted based on what they're setting up. So yeah, yeah. they've set up something pretty big. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting. We'll see if we get another movie yeah. because. It was a soft box office opening for the mm. movie. Did you see the box office? No, I did, did. It was like thirty-two million, which mm-hmm. is down from the sixty-five million the first one mm. made. So I don't know. Maybe the sequel will get made. It all depends on international markets mm-hmm. as well as merchandising. Yep. Well, merchandising they'll probably make a killing off and of anyway. DVDs. I think they should bankroll at least one more, but. Yeah. That's, that's just me. Well, I mean, if you can, if you can have an excuse to bankroll another Cars movie, you can bankroll a Ninja Turtles movie based solely off merchandise too. So, yeah, because I know they just made a new game that I hear is not great. Base it's kind of based on the cartoon and the movie. It's kind of an amalgam of the two. Yeah, named after this movie, Out of the Shadows. Yeah, it sounds like one of those, it could have been good, but they rushed it to coincide with the movie, so it's not as polished as it could have been, which is a shame. Like Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, because I really want another great TMNT beat-em-up. The originals were a ton of fun on Nintendo. It's been, what, now almost 20 years since we had a good Ninja Turtles game. You would think somebody would have been able to get a hit, but I, I guess not. So I guess we'll go to ratings. Yep. Alright. Uh ooh, I'm kinda torn. Yeah, I, I get it's like a high rental low matinee, because I do like the 3D, but I don't feel like this is anything you have to rush out to the theater to get. It would be plenty fun at home. Uh especially for some adult turtle fans. You you might not want to pay like IMAX prices for this. I don't how you saw this? I just saw this. I did see it on IMAX, and I was oh, fine okay. with that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this isn't the next big IMAX movie. I don't know what that's going to be. Maybe what? Wait, you didn't see it at IMAX. You can't make that know. judgment, though. Well, yeah, I can make that true. judgment. You can't make that. Well, true. You didn't see it at IMAX. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but definitely for the target audiences, which is like seven to twelve year old kids, they'll really love it. So, yeah. I'm going to give it a mat name. I enjoyed it. I felt like it was worth the IMAX ticket prices. Maybe not the full price IMAX ticket prices, but it was worthy of seeing on the IMAX screen with the sound system and the huge screen. The 3D is already good as it is, Mm -hmm. so the IMAX screen enhances the 3D viewing experience. And I feel like if you're a fan of these characters, you'll probably enjoy this film. Now, if you didn't like the first movie, then... Yeah, this isn't going to change your It's not going to change your opinion, which I wouldn't expect it to nope. at this point. Because it's not for you if you didn't like the first movie, so... No. Nope. But that's it. That concludes our review. Once again, we are The Men That Watch. Where I'm out of here, standing on watch for you against bad movies. You can find our show by searching the Podbean app, or we're back on iTunes, so you can find our show by searching The Midnight Watch on there. Yeah, we're still working out the kinks on that. And it has it right now. Our profile pick is a constellation of stars, which is something I picked at random because 
of iTunes restrictions. It's a whole long story, but it took a long time to get even that part up. And it has the artist as being unknown for some reason. Yeah. So, but if you just search the Midnight Watch, it should be the only page that comes up mm -hmm. and you can find our reviews and take them with you on the go. Yep. Or just simply go to our main site, The Midnight Watch, on one word, dot .com. And thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.